know you're telling me. It's footy and frothy's little blast from the past for those that know, no, I guess. Uh, Barney, Yolly, and Daggy with you to look back on the bottom half of the top eight uh, this year and what, how they performed and what we made of and what the future may hold. I've already forgotten what we're going to talk about, so in terms of uh, underrated and overrated and that sort of thing, but we'll make it up as we go. We kick off. How, how are you guys, all right? Killing it. Yourself? Yeah, it's all right. Just pressing <laughs> buttons and stuff. See what comes out if I do this. You know, shit happens. Okay. Hey. 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 Oh. Amazing yes. what we could do with technology these days. No, no. Anyway, <laughs> we've got to talk about Canberra, who finished eighth. Uh, as we, as Johnny FaceTiming us over there, as we um, review the bottom half of the top eight, we kick off with the Raiders barn. Uh, what What have you written down? Yeah, so um, over the season, 14 wins, 10 losses. Uh, they, they finished eighth. I actually uh, predicted them to finish eighth at the start of the year. Kudos to me. Um, average points for was 21 and points against, which is 20, which is pretty much where um, your, your bottom eight sort of starts and finishes in, the, in these comps these days. If you can score as many as you, as you concede, you're pretty much going to be close to eighth. But... Um, yeah, they're about even for me. As I said, I predicted them to finish eighth. Uh, they've got some issues in their in their um, playmaking, but they lost six out of their first eight games, which really looked like they looked lost at the start of the year. Um, they they didn't seem to know what they were doing with their attacking structures, and their defence wasn't great either. But um, Jamal Fogarty came back in, uh, gave them a lot of a uh, lot of structure which they didn't have earlier in the year. Um, and I think he was a, a part of the reason that they got as far as they did. Just throw in um, Joseph Tarpanay, Corey Horsburgh and Hudson Young, who I thought all well and truly overperformed. Tarpanay was close to the best prop in the game for the majority of the season. Um, you could probably throw in um, Young Tomoko as well in the centres there. I thought he probably overperformed from what I considered him as at the start of the year. A couple of the underperformers were definitely uh, Whiten, considering you know he was a Dudley M of the year. A couple of years ago, he's um, he can be really good at times when he's running the ball, but he's he needs to really work on his uh, ball playing if he's going to play in the halves. Otherwise, he needs to be moved somewhere else, and they need to find another half, in my opinion. But um, I might just cut you off quickly and get a general overview of Ollie's yeah. thoughts on the Raiders. Trying well, to get a little bit of structure in here. <laughs> we might as well come up with a yeah. structure on the fly. Um, I had Canberra tenth, so I was sort of not horrible, and I, I sort of for me, I think I said on. When we were doing the bottom eight review, I think for me, I sort of had seventh to tenth sort of interchangeable to an extent, like pretty close. So, but I, I was obviously quite critical of him towards the end. I ended up wrong, but I do think o- overall, obviously, that horrible start. But then I think there will, and, and why I sort of doubted them as well, there were games in the middle to late part of the season where they would be beating teams that they should have been flogging kind of thing. They'll just sort of be like Newcastle on a couple of occasions. I think they just got by in the skin of their teeth. They were down like 20 to nil against the Warriors in Canberra. I think at like round 20 or something, they end up coming back and winning. But it was just, it's sort of like they they just sort of scraped through. And then obviously in the first final game against Melbourne, and 
that they they got up for it and it was their easily their best performance of, of the season. And, and then they were outclassed and I, I guess their colours were shown the following week against Parramatta. So f- for me, obviously, that the star player was Joe Tarpney, someone who I might say maybe a bit of an overperformer whilst he, he wasn't amazing or anything. For while he was there, for that chunk he was there, Brad Schneider, I thought was. Probably because I think he did more than what was expected of him consistently kind of thing for Canberra. It wasn't always great. He had a couple of really good games, but while he was there, so until Fogarty came back and then Fogarty sort of got into his groove, I I feel like at least I was sort of tipping him to be a lot worse off in the halves because of it. And they're at least stable, I guess you could say, for a while. And and he was a big part of that, I think. Yeah, um, you've both summed up pretty well. Look, I think... As a squad, there's two ways to look at this. Like being a 2019 grand finalist team, maybe maybe they're a much better squad than we've half given credit for in the last couple of years. And they've finally got the shit together at the back end. Or maybe they've overperformed. I don't quite know. still don't quite know which way to, to lean with that because I think they may, they're missing key. They're missing a playmaker. I think Fogarty being there, he was fan. He actually almost, I would clear him as an overperformer because I actually didn't think he was that good, to be honest. I think what he added to him, what he's kicking was pinpoint. Um, his game control was very good through that game where they won what the nine out of ten with him or something. He was fantastic and got fucked in. I think he got fucked in that one too. Was it the Dragons one they lost? Um, so, and, and then to beat Melbourne was, um, I, I think they're set up very well for next year. But what does that mean? I don't know. So they're almost like the. They're almost like the gatekeeper, gatekeeper team because they're going to yeah. be that seventh, eighth, and they're going to be consistently as good if they're at their best. They'll come out for, but it seems like Ricky's got got everything. He's got the shit out and and, uh, and clean it up. So they're going to be the ones people have to get over. But they and they need probably like every team need a, if they get a strike five eight, they're um and push White out wide, then they're a scary team, or push White into lock and they're a scary team. But they're. With White and there, he's almost a bit... I, I feel like there's games where he's just a roadblock in attack sometimes. I think we've both said it for the last probably 18 months or so. We we really think that he should go either to 13 or into the centres because he'd be a much, um, much more beneficial playing in that position if they could... Even if they put Schneider in beside Fogarty. Mm. Um, or find, yeah, no, another running 5-8 somewhere that Matt they could put in there. Yeah, is he gone? Is, he, is someone else signing? I don't. I, I think, think he retired, he's just off. He? I, he's not pen? retired, but I just think it? he's off. Yeah, off one, of them re, one of them retired. I thought Penrith uh, one of the backup halves. Someone really retired. Weird. Oh, Sam him. Williams. Sam Williams. Sam Williams. Yeah, I, I think Penrith might have signed for Ollie as a backup half, but I might be imagining that. So just um, in the underperformers, as I mentioned, I thought Whiten is definitely one of those um, in the halves position. Whitehead had probably his worst season of his career um, that I've noticed in the NRL. Uh, well, he's captain last couple of, the, of games. Isn't he, he captain was of the pop that <laughs> He'd have he was to be close tremendous to in the semi-final. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ryan Sutton didn't get a, a lot of minutes, but he definitely underperformed on previous seasons in don't like to say it, but I think Savage underperformed. I know he wasn't given a whole heap of time early in the season, but even uh, the majority of the games, um, he just seems to float in and out of games, and he makes a, quite a few errors as well. And, um, yeah, I think for my opinion of him, I think he will be a strike fullback, centre, winger at some point down the road. But, yeah, I, I think he underperformed on the opinion I had on him going into this season. So um, both... Just- 
both Rawley and Schneider off contract at the end of 2023. So they'll both be there next year. Guess who led the tackle busts and line breaks for this team? Joseph? No? Probably. No. Nick Kotrick. Nick Kotrick. All right. Well, he was definitely a lot better he than what he so was much at better the Bulldogs. Than the show yeah, the dogs. Absolutely. Uh, Adam Elliott. So, so let's move to next year and what it actually means as, as a sort of forecast. So I imagine they're in and around the seventh and eighth there. Adam Elliott's a big loss. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and ironically, I don't think he's necessarily a big gain for Newcastle as we've just touched on. But look, what what? There'll be a walker. That, there'll the be future, a worker that they need at Newcastle. But Hudson Young's a big key. We we. Um, didn't we have mentioned him oh, yet. He, yeah, he definitely overperformed as well. Yeah. So, yeah, what what do they need for next year to be higher than what they are? Well, I think we sort of said it a half. Like, a, 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 honestly, like someone who probably pairs better with Fogarty because I even think Fogarty's probably still even a bit better off if you do move um, White out to the centres or at lock. Yeah, I feel like he would be better partnered with with a Schneider or or a Frawley. It, Could Whiten become a yo? He's not, not good yeah, enough. I think so. He's got the passing game to be a. I, I don't think maybe as uh, good, but a yeah. yo Murray. Maybe yeah. not selection of pass, but he's got the cutout pass. He's got a short ball, and he's he's strong enough ball runner to mm. to play that role. Probably not to the same extent as a yo or a Murray, but yo is a bad example because obviously the best of the best. But if you say yo Carrigan Murray are the pinnacle there, teams that are trying to manufacture that ball playing lock. Um, He'd do a job. He'd Could, definitely do. He'd, a he'd be better than a lot of a lot of what I think he'd got. be better than what he's doing at five eight. For mm. them, to be honest, um, yes, yeah, so they need they need more ball playing in this team because they've got a couple of centres that they're strong ball runners, well, but they're not. The bloke blokes I want to ask have, you about Seb Chris. So he led the tries, but he, you know, who he is in my. I've just thought of this analogy. He feels like Jake Avarillo. Like for years, I said. He's got something, but I don't know what he is. No, I think he's a centre. I'm pretty sure he, he's a centre. Is he? Is he? Reckon he's like an out-and-out strike centre. Can he be better? Or he's probably not a strike centre, but he's a. Is what we see, what we get. He's a strong right. ball runner. He's decent in defence, and he's got a little bit of footwork. But he needs someone putting him in holes. He's mm. he's not going to create it as often as. He's a very good Johnny on the spot too. What we talked about last show. Yeah, absolutely. I think looking at Canberra next year as well, and if I had to forecast a little bit further, it seems like the way... Well, it's the way they have been for the past couple of years, but also seems like how they may be a couple of years going forward just because of, again, the lack of halves, but the really strong forward pack and backs who on their day can be really strong. Seb Chris is one of them. Yukotrix, Xavier Savage can be, Tomoko. They seem like, at least next year, I'd be pretty confident they're within four points of the top eight either way. That's oh, the, yeah, they're, they're, they're either a team who's just going to miss out, which they were last year, or a team who will just make it, which is what they were this year. I, I don't really see that changing at all. And have they have they really signed anyone for next year too? And that might be what's sort of influencing yes, me to just sort of have them where where they the sort of the, that region where they currently are because they just seem like that team now. Well, well, they've lost a little bit of depth in Elliot yeah. and Sutton's going as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, to the dogs. So. There's a little bit. They need a little bit of depth in their back row and um, and their bench. And we, you, you both mentioned it. They need some ball playing in their halves and and lock. And that could, I think, that could be presented by White and moving to lock. And then you have all even in the centres. And but they've got Chris and Tomoko there. So I think the best fit would be to move White into 13 and then find a, another ball playing half. But yeah. Um, 
and they need probably need a little bit of backline depth as well because they get a bit skinny if you if you take a Chris or a Tomoko or a Kotrick out of that side. There's not a lot that I've noticed coming through this season that to back up in the in the backline. But and they definitely need more input from Savage. They need some well, that's more a, consistency. So what, what is the Savage? upside with him? So. I know he's only 19. He's 19 and 20. So he's oh, he's, he's a brilliant some, ball runner. Yeah. He's got pace. Um, Needs to work on, his, again, his ball playing, which is, I, th- I think that's Canberra's biggest um, issue is being able to create opportunities for their outside men. And breaking news, apparently Ricky Stewart has offered Madge Maguire an assistant coaching role yes. there for next year. Heard that today, yeah. So, there you go. Uh, they've got, yeah, nothing. Uh, Pasami Solo coming in. We'll get to that when we do our preview next year, when we know more about who's coming in and out. And they do have. Like, be a bit more you could almost. I almost would have Hawira Naira as an underperformer at times. Yeah. He maybe just. A, maybe just a four. A, a had a bit forward. of injury and didn't have a lot of um, game time. I thought. I really thought they would have given him more game time during the year, but was it la- was it last year? There was that period where it was just in a purple Killing patch, it, and he yeah. was their he best was a player by super a mile. Gold last year, last scoring year. every week and. Um, and losing chance, obviously, but he hasn't been a factor for a while. Last last word on them, the hookers. Have they got the rotation right with Wolford now? He seems to be growing into a first-grade hooker, but he doesn't add a lot of He's going to need another year or two. Um, uh, he's, do they miss a trick of not having Starling on the field as much as they do? I think so, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd be trying to get 80 minutes out of Starling, realistically. But he does really up the tempo when he does come on. So that's, you know, that's a benefit of him coming off the bench. Wolford seems like a pretty tough... Uh, hooker that's going to do your defence and that kind of stuff, and I think that's probably yeah. <laughs> they're probably just going to stick with that for the next another twelve or eighteen months or so. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Starling looks somewhere else, to be honest, to try and get a starting position. But any final words here, or we can move on. What think, we see is what we, we can get. probably move on. Yeah, it, but all I've really had to say about cameras, I don't think too much will change next year. We get into the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who ended up obviously in the uh, prelim final on the weekend. What was that? The third time in four years, or fifth time in a row? Fifth time in a row. Yeah. So, yeah, in, um, from where they've come from, obviously losing Bennett, losing Reynolds. Uh, strong argument for overperformance this year, Barney. Is there? I had them finishing seventh. Um, obviously, they they the back end of their year they well aren't you just really so hit a crescendo, but. Um, yeah, the, the, their last four or five games were probably the close to their best for the entire season, realistically. Um, they lost three out of their first four to start with. Obviously, that coincided with Latrell being out. Um, he comes back in and made a big difference, uh, especially early when he came back. Looked like a, a superstar that we know he can be when he decides to play. But um, they lost a few games that... Everyone would have expected them to win. They lost to the Dogs. They lost to the Tigers. Um, and I think there's another one in there against maybe the Knights or something like that. But they, um, you know, and they could have finished higher if they'd won those games that they that they um, they let go. Uh, really, I, I didn't... I thought their forward pack overperformed. Um, the majority of their forwards were better than I thought... than I gave them credit for before starting the season. Not that I didn't think they had talent. I just didn't think they'd put in the consistency out of blokes like Tatola and uh, Kulamatungi who haven't shown their consistency previously, but this year they were tremendous and um, that made a big difference to where they ended up at the end of the year. 
But, yeah, I, I always thought they'd finish around. Totola well, was only seventh, 50 metres so. short of Kolomatungi's run metres for the whole year and played close to half the minutes. Fucking hell. Yeah, wow. Pretty incredible. Not I wrong. know Kolomatungi's an 80-minute. Yeah, it doesn't. Week out it's not and, a consistent hit-up yeah. thing, but, yeah. But Kolomatungi had massive impact when he did. Obviously, yeah. they have... They have he well, the importance of his, tries, I, I said it earlier in, in the year, but the importance of him being the right post set up for the left play, yeah. uh, Once you, it's one of those things, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You see it, you know when it's coming. He'll generally as a rule play, have, it'll be a Cam Murray into a him having that right post hit up, and then bang, bang, Straight bang, the and left. then the left yeah. goes. They average 25 points for and 19 against, which is, you know, that's pretty impressive, realistically. Uh, once you start I think they're the best defensive areas. team in the back end of the year. I know Penrith were for most uh, Cowboys were for a lot of the year, but I think over the last ten weeks, I, may, I might be making this up, but I think I heard they can see the least points coming. But in yeah, when you when you're pushing up weeks. up towards the top four, that's that you know you want to be aiming on averaging six to eight points more than what you're conceding, obviously most weeks. So, well, I had Souths finishing fourth, and I know they didn't on the ladder, but th- they made the preliminary final, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I was sort of. Banking on the, I actually was sort of banking on them. Well, obviously from a different position on the ladder, but sort of doing what they did in the finals because add Roosters, Panthers, and Storm as, as the three contenders. Now, obviously, two of them went out in the first week of the finals, but I did have South Sydney as a team who I didn't believe could win the premiership, but would get to that point and see you later. And that's ended up being what happened. And as I messaged you guys yesterday, I had a couple of people sort of ripping into me because I doubted South Sydney this season, even though I had them fourth. But um, even though they didn't win the comp anyway, they got eliminated anyway because I feel like South Sydney are just sort of that team where there's so much quality across the park that they get to a certain point and a gump set it all the way back. And we've said it throughout the year on the show, if you don't have a game-controlling half, you just can't win the comp. And I feel like that let the first half of the season let them down. That, that was probably their worst thing, that their halves situation that let him down a lot got better at points during the year but it was sort of up and down up and down and with the current halves set up they're not going to win a premiership Cody Walker's off contract at the end of next year unless he somehow just has an absolute blinder in 2023 they I think they have to let him go Ilias I can see uh, a lot uh, of improvement coming out of Ilias I think Ilias you hold on to him and I feel like he'll be better for Walker going and can develop into that, that type of half, but until they have a game-controlling half there, I think pre, they might make a sixth straight prelim final next year and, and get eliminated. It's just, and again, the the Fords were sort of the overperformers. I'll, I'll say to Vita Totola in particular, because I wasn't really expecting a whole lot from him. I think Latrell was obviously the star when he came back. You could argue Cam Murray. Murray was consistent, did his job, but Obviously, the big turnaround for Souths when they actually did start hitting form was when Latrell returned and, and went on that bit of a run. So I'll give him the nod there for that. But again, that, that, that's the big thing for me for South Sydney. That for me, they're not actually going to be a premiership threat or even be able to make a grand final without a, a game-controlling halfback. And they're certainly not going to be able to do so with the current setup. Well, I think Ilias has got it in him, to be honest. I out of all the young I just halves think he that might I've be seen running around, so. he's more of a game-controlling half yeah. than any of them. That, that, his, his, I, I just his, think he his needs style time. of play. He, yeah, he I just, feel just like it's time. very difficult to play in a team with two, let's be honest, overbearing personalities yeah, yeah. in Walker and Latrell shouting for the ball every chance they want. Like, yeah. 
Anytime they have a sniff, they're going to be screaming their heads off. Plus, Cook, who's going to be doing a lot of the – Cook's going to be the one, you know, in and around the middle. But just the way he plays, he's generally – he's a kick first, he's a field position type player, and then it's a run sort of second. Towards the back end of the year, he started to run a little bit more, which will it could only improve going forward. But I think give him two or three years down the track and he'll be one that yeah. you're talking about as a game-controlling half. Yeah, and, and, and I agree. I'm just more saying right now. Mm. Isn't no. it funny on that gump statement? Yeah. Para Penrith grand final, the and you could strongly half-backs. argue the two best halfbacks in the comp yeah. this year, uh, Moses and Cleary. Yeah. And, and, and then back to Nico, who got him to... Yeah. Um, got him to uh, Nico and Townsend who got you know Through that's the four of the top yep. five. Yep. So yeah, I think you've nailed it pretty well. Um, the other one that he spent a lot of game out, but I thought the professor's last yeah. month was fantastic. Yeah. They missed him. Yeah, uh, they yeah. did yeah. miss him. They missed when him when he was out. He was great. He came back, and they're going to miss him next year. They really will. Uh, and he's a very astute signing that a lot of. A lot of clubs could have used, and Bennett—he was one of Bennett's. I, first. I think he was one of the, and Bennett yeah. actually Bennett came out glowingly and said he was. No, one Bennett of the ones said he like he said one of the clubs around yeah. like them. So there's, there's a few um, shining lights for South, to be honest. Like they unearthed Isaiah Tass, who yeah. looks like he's going to be a strike centre going forward. Um, they got the best out of blokes like Havili and Hame Sele, who actually played Havili really good coming off the bench. An overperformer, possibly even Havili. You got to give him a shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they they were some of my other overperformers. Murray probably did over even went past his expectation, even though we've got such high expectations of him. He was great for the majority of the season. My concern um, with him now is well, his head. First and foremost, yeah. and how much does he – at some point is there almost the Peyton Tamalolo argument where it's like, mate, you've got to play 50 minutes and get through a year you're rather than – yeah. Especially when you throw in three origin games and he's, he's going to go to a World Cup and he's going to have pre-season off. Uh, inter- really interesting thing for next year, uh, which I may as well mention now because I'll forget about it by the time we do previews. I believe on the back of the World Cup, I think it's a mandatory six weeks annual leave. Mm-hmm. So and the season the trials starts early, earlier next year. Yeah. The trials start first week of Feb, I think. Uh, so these blokes, some of these Australian players, won't actually have a preseason. Mm. Well, they might get knocked they down get, the group stage. They might get a trial game before the season. Might get starts. one trial, but they're going to be coming to trial games fresh. I know blokes like Robbo rested them, but but in terms of actual preseason camps, ironically. You could see some of those, if they're very smart, some of the bottom eight teams, if they really get flying pre-season, could have a really could, could be, If you if your hope of the team is winning ten games and you can snaffle three or four early, yeah, it sets you up. Yeah, so, so your, your Titans, your Tigers, your um, even in Newcastle, if they can get things right, Cow- Canterbury's a big one because they can get yeah. a full pre-season. Tavita Pengai's pulled out, I believe, with the World Cup. Whatever that means, was he even in the team? I don't know. Tonga would have been, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that's a very interesting for next year. But anyway, uh, well, yeah, and, you know, probably there will be a, a team that on paper we're predicting to to perform at a certain level who for the first few weeks won't. A, a, a couple of teams will be fine and it'll be business you. But, yeah, there's I can a see, team. I can see maybe some... Like a South, maybe a Souths. Yeah, to and even a Roosters. Uh, I, can, yeah. I can see some pants being pulled down early. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll know more yeah, in our previews. Yeah. But I think it's something to keep in mind. Um, underachievers, I thought Walker was good for patches of the season, but he was under par in my opinion. So. Realistically. So realistically, 
it'll. Ne- I don't think it'll ever happen because I think there's the love fest there. But if if Walker has the same season this year, do you try and look at in two years' time, crowbarring Latrell into six Probably. and getting a fullback or a TAF or whoever it is? Because oh, it might actually depend. You can't tell me Latrell wouldn't have more tap tries this. He got twenty three Walker. Did yeah. Latrell at six is going to have twenty three try assists? He probably scored twelve. So I'd say before doing that. So I've I've already said unless he has a blinder next year, I think Cody Walker sh- should not be re-signed by the Raptors. And there's no major signings. They lose Nichols. They lose Nickarima. And um, Jackson Paulo. And, the, and, and Paulo Mansour uh, off contract. So yeah, oh, okay. Paulo, yeah, but Paulo's going to reach us. Yeah, I just yeah I, I feel as well that. They need to look to the market before doing that. That's an option, but I feel like they need to see if they can actually get someone on the market. I don't know who will be at the end of next year in terms of a 5'8 or, or a half, but I feel like they, they need to look there first and then Latrell would or be the option if they, if they miss. Apparently they have actually, quite a good yeah. um, halfback <laughs> running around in their junior system as well. Uh, Running 5'8", sorry. So, well, well, but, just on Taff, is he... Wake Taff could be he, an option. Is he an option or are you done with him? I don't think so. Uh, did, did, does someone, the two that come to mind that could be snaffled up, uh, well, we've we got to see Taruvi yet. Does someone like a, a Savage or a Blorry in that system mm. offer Mitchell the other two that you'd be scared of? Um, Nick Arima was a nightmare for the South. Um, I don't remember him playing, I think, maybe one good game for the entire season. I think that he'd be close to the worst buy of the season, realistically, for what his output was for South Sydney. And... Um, and Michael Cheekham, I thought, really underperformed um, as a bench Did player. Play? For, I him on the weekend. Yeah, he okay, played a couple of games here and there, but when he was out there, he didn't. He didn't add a lot to this team. Yeah. So, but and they they really need to improve their depth off the bench. Um, when they go through their forward rotation, they 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 miss a trick like most teams in the competition. Realistically, their bench is Avili and then the space and, so and even he. But and Avili yeah. <clears> dropped off from where he was. We got injured yeah, at the back end of the year, yeah. but he was going really good coming into semi-finals time. Um, he gave the Sharks a massive, uh, not the Sharks, uh, the Roosters a massive headache when. Well, there was, when there was two or three games in a row where we were raving about him as as player of the match. So. Considering he's a bit part player, I thought he actually overperformed for the majority of the year. But um, yeah, they need Ilias to improve. Um, obviously, Walker needs to be more consistent, a lot more consistent than what he has been. Then. Cook doesn't run anymore, so <laughs> I don't know where you go from there. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, we've been saying it again for probably 18 months. He just needs to get out and go back to the way he used to just run out of dummy half every opportunity, and he doesn't seem to do it anymore. So, but yeah, they've got a few spine issues there that they Interesting need to sort of for next year because he realistically could be out of all rep consideration next well, year. And is does that improve South's chance, or does he then? Trying, what is he now? I think well, he's trying to get a three or four year contract to play out at South. Does he just play self preservation? Well, they need to. He makes fifty tackles a game, man. Like yeah, I know a lot of hookers do, that. but they they need to strengthen that pack up yeah. defensive, like the bench rotation to take some of that defensive pressure off you. But. In a um, in sort of a reverse sort of glass half full thing, South will at least be hoping because he's he's not going to get picked for Australia at this point. Him not getting picked lights some fire under him to to change something. To change whether it's going back to what, it, but something needs to change because yeah. right now it's not I working. Because I think he's now he, he probably doesn't get picked because they if you're taking three, Appy goes. I suppose. Well, but, but Mal said two, and it'd be hunting so, Harry. Hunt and Harry. So you can't not be hunting Harry. Yeah. So. But yeah, his impact on the games, like well, while he still tackles his ass off and he, he is good at times, it's nothing like it was two years ago. 
A full season. For, oh, I suppose he played 20, but Campbell Graham being fit is, jeez, mm. oh. he's, he's very good. And he's someone we talk about. We, we've spent, I think, out of the 10 teams we've talked about so far, eight have needed a strike centre, and I can't believe he's not higher on teams' wish lists. You I can't probably... believe they haven't put him on the left, man. I still yeah. don't understand we've, why the fuck. We, we said it. Like, it's the most deadly Back in your garage, when I don't even remember having yeah. the conversation, I'm pretty sure I would have said, why isn't Campbell Graham The most him? deadly point of attack that they've got. Why wouldn't you take Campbell Graham and put him on the left? He's a bloke who can bust tackles. He's quick. He's got an offload. He can pass. Like, I just don't get it. But obviously, they probably think that they're weakening their right-hand side, but they don't go to their right that often. So, might be, But do? defensively, I think maybe they trust And they, outside Kulamatungi, they, they did strike up a little bit of a combination there at different times during the year, but... Either they need that, even if they just go to their right more often. It's, <laughs> the Ill, it's actually the, the Ilias right, chat. actually look good with, with those camp, two. With those two like, yeah. Just use it as an option. Use it as a genuine option. And for the first half of the year, they weren't using Ilias at all. It was just all Walker was just, as you said, Walker and Latrell screaming for the ball. And yeah. All right. So last, well, a couple, like, is there, are there a couple of obvious players that are probably underrated that maybe South could snaffle and strengthen up? Those sort of packs, so you need time to think. Well, it looks that, like yeah. Brown's on the outer, so he'd probably be a pretty yeah. good, a pretty good fit as a either bench or a, a thirteen. To, well, not he's not going to take Murray's spot, but you know, a backup, a backup um, back rower or play in the middle for, yeah, for them. Good, good call. Martin um, to power off the bench. Marty to power was another one that they were talking about not long ago, and um, yeah, players with that kind of just another strong at, middle. Yeah, yeah, and they need someone. Because when you got Murray... You know, you know actually sued him for a year? Jimmy Tamo. Is that what you're going to say? Uh, well, I was, I was kind of pointing to your Tigers just, logo to... Tr- I know yeah, he's kind of for yeah. but actually for a bloke who could take a one-year deal somewhere for probably 300... Yeah. You'd, they need gosh. another bloke who can make 40 or 50 tackles and yeah. take some pressure off Murray and Cook. Uh, uh, like, yeah. they, you take 10 tackles off each of them and their their attack increases. It just just has to. Yeah. So you get someone like a 12. We saw in that... Plug yeah, Twal yeah, into yeah. the middle of the field and get him to make the 50 tackles. You know I what I mean? I didn't say that, but... Well, even, you know, from when we were talking about the bottom eight last week, we were Dale talking... Dale Finnegan, McGuinness, like that, those kind of players in the middle of the field that add a little bit with the attack but can defend mm-hmm. their arse off. Right. Well, yeah, because last week we were, we were talking a lot about, like, Tamo, Tapao, and... Nathan Brown, Twal more, in more, a, yeah, a Rabbitohs yeah. jersey, and I don't want to yeah. say, stop and, talking about it. But, but even Nathan Brown now as well, and we we're talking about it a lot last week, and it's sort of it is becoming more obvious. that sort of whoever can sort of snuffle these blokes up. It might be a different. They're not going to be the star or anything, but it could be a difference maker for, for yeah. a certain a Did point. Did Madison could, end up signing, or is he over. still yeah, I think someone so. no, that's? I believe so. he activated I believe so. his option, but yeah, he he, he's got that a mutual option. He's got another one for twenty four. And if you could talk yeah. him out of there, you know he's going to yeah. make his 30, 40 tackles. He's one got an butchers. offload in him. Yeah, one of the yeah. butchers. That kind of Takiyahu. <laughs> Man, I can't. I, like it, it is mind blowing. It fucking baffles me too. He, but, I, he's at hey, least gone. He's taking his cash. I, he's, he, he's at least gone to the to the best like lifestyle and best yeah, place to go over Chester there. Which it, it's the Robbo Retirement Fund over there. You go over there and you live on the beach a bit. And yeah. Good on him. But like, fuck, some clubs could use. Oh, I know one club that 
He might be thinking. It, he clubs. might be. He might be thinking at this point. Fuck it. I just want to sit on the beach and yeah, go to training twice a week. Three comps and yeah. I, I feel like he, he's, he's probably, probably busted four weeks. From, he has his ribs are fucked. He'd be just happy yeah. to go. He'd just go over there and walk over the top of blokes yeah. and score tries. <laughs> what, what, yeah. Whenever he versus Brody Croft, you're not winning the man of steel this year. He might, might, might have got a, He might. He might be off with the goal kicking back too. You know what? He better win man of steel next year. That'll be brilliant. So what it, we get, what we see is the South there. They're going to be they're going to be who they are. They have the same team. I think they could the possibly of, the growth a of little bit. I think they can. On Ilias, well, teams um, uh, you think through that we're going to get to naturally Melbourne and in a little bit of froth and bubble and um, maybe question marks on the route. Like they're they going to be in that, they, up that middle of fraction. They're going to be where they are. Yeah. They, Probably pushing the four rather than the, these, just uh, these four, five, dropping six, into the bottom. These of the four, eight. five, six are going to be there or thereabouts. I think, and again, Latrell, I think, is going to be good enough to get them finals. Cam Murray's going to be good enough to get them finals. And, and oh, they proved it this throw, year. They can sort of carry them to Latrell finals. So I feel onto, like they're still a finals You throw team. Latrell on. Like, he did miss 10 games or something. Yeah. You throw him into three of them and they win two. Yeah. They automatically jump a spot. The Chooks, they are up next. Um, we all tipped them to win the comp. Yep. We did. We were slightly disappointed. I think they took a long, long time to warm up, which makes next year very concerning because they're going to have a dozen blokes nearly coming back from World Cups. Even at their best, the the problem was their halves. They did not. They do not seem to gel whatsoever. Cleary and Walker, did, it was never them working together. It was one of them working on one side of the field or mm. Walker grubbering for himself or, you know, like... They just—they did not work together whatsoever, and between two of them, they've probably got one kicking game. Mm. Walker's got the short little grubber, and Kiri's got the clearing kick and the bomb, and then you know you're struggling for other options with a kicking game. So, yeah, probably didn't analyse their kicking game as much. I think that was one of the biggest problems that hurt them. Assume, to be honest, I think, in our, I think in all of our heads, I mean, they just run I, teams I think, off the park. Well, I also think. We just had um, Kronk and Kiri stamped as, like, Kiri was the, the Kronk clone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out Cooper Kronk was, you know, a pretty, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty good handy football player. Yeah. I'm not a bad analyst. Uh, He's uh, always welcome on the show, Cooper. I think as well because in, two, out to Cooper. in, in 2021 they were so injury ravaged. For so long, I'll be start coming back to the shows if Cooper's on. That's a problem. <laughs> anyway, well, they were so injury ravaged for so long during the, big se- up the season. Yeah. Like it, it was almost, and I think we might have mentioned it on a, a previous show about them. It was as if they just made like eight new signings that were going to start mm-hmm. for them because it felt, and it was going to at least we thought at the time maybe make them a bit unpredictable but for your better thing. teams. Like they still copped a fair few injuries this year. Yeah. Nothing like they did. The previous season, but there was always but two injuries or three did in a row. cruel them. Like you yeah, had Radley out for periods of time, Takiyaho was out for periods of time, Verrill Hargraves was out. Verrill's missed half the season. Kiri was in and out of the side. Uh, it's Manu at the back end. Like who knows? And, they, and, they probably and apparently beat was playing on, um, there, on one leg for a lot of that. So it's yeah, they um Origin time again. They lost a couple of games during or, uh, the um, Origin. Killed them. They lost four games in a row. Like through the middle of it, they lost to the Knights in that period as well, and the Dogs. Yeah, like, <laughs> it just yeah. And, and then it's funny because I think the week Origin ended, or like the week where all the players come back, was that game where they should have beat Penrith, mm. and then they went on the run for the rest of the regular season. Yeah, they. 
Look, August, straight to it. Uh, blokes coming back. Lindsay Collins underperformed. I, 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 he was. Yeah. Uh, he he took a lot of shine off his name um, this year. Did um, some stupid stuff too. And he's a complete nutter. God bless him. I'm sure he's a a friendly fella. But um, <laughs> I'm not sure if he's friendly. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but he but he like. Yes, he did some silly things. We'll say <laughs> throughout the season. Uh, you got Radley there, who could be anything. He doesn't know how to tackle properly, but he's and, a nutbag, and <laughs> he's, a, he's a complete risk. So there's two right. blokes there that you, you're not going to have for ten weeks of the year, and then, and then you're losing Takiyahu next year, which is so, man, like he is so good. God, he is so so good, and that is a concern for me for next year. I think they're, they're still going to be in this clump, but they're going to be the bottom of this clump. And then how much they protect Teddy, how much Teddy starts getting old, like what is he now, twenty eight, twenty nine. I think he's 29. Yeah, probably two years. And yeah. uh, all of a sudden, he's, he's still he's still that lock forward in a fullback's body that can bust tackles. How lock, When he loses half a yard, yeah. what happens? Does he go then? to the wing? Does he go Does to 5'8"? Eight? 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 Like, yeah. I think it's screaming for him to be 5'8 now. It actually is. Given there's no kicking game anyway. And given his short kicking game, is actually quite good. There's times where he's chipped over the top for people and there's times where he's grubbed for people and it's been fine. Yeah, but then where's the long kicking game? Because Walker doesn't really seem to have one. And if Does Joey have one? Him into Joey's six, got a bomb. I think Joey's got a bomb, but I don't think he's going to actually got a... We don't know. Kiri's probably getting forced out, really. Well, but, uh. I, I remember in... I think it might have even been in 2020 we were talking about it. got to a point in the season where I think the Roosters even had a couple of injuries then, but it just looked like Tedesco and Kiri sorry, sorry, were doing a lot preposterous more... Um, when I was just doing the stats earlier for tackle busts, Kotrick led Canberra with, I believe it was 40. No, it was in the 20s. Joey Manu, 151. <laughs> Tedesco, 145. Yeah. Tupo, 75. I think he might have been 42, Kotrick. So, well, yeah. well, again, that uh, I think that but, sorry, probably also a show in a quality of the side. But, yeah, it was even in tw- – I'm pretty certain it was 2020 where towards the end it just looked like – Tedesco and Kiri were having to do more, and and they just looked tired. They, they looked more and more Back tired. Which, which yeah, it's it's now two years later. So going forward from here, th- that's Can't probably going to become a better. bit a bit more of a prominent issue now, uh, unless things change. And, and you know what, Manu's development over the past two years will help it because he is definitely versatile and he, he can take some of the pressure off in certain areas. But I can actually see. It. Teddy getting to the point where he retires from rep footy and maybe has two seasons with Plays the six and then Manu goes yeah. to fullback. But because, you know, he's 20, like he's done everything there is to do. He'll, I'm sure he'll keep wanting to do it, but we've seen it with your Freddies of the world. They suddenly he just wins. go, you know what, i wins next year for New South you know, Wales. He's going to be a five-time Red yeah, Fiddler medalist, done. a World Cup winner, yeah. captain, I assume. You know, three origins, this and that. Although he's lost, he has, he's lost more origins than he's won. Yeah, I had him uh, finish in second at the start of the year and win in the comp, but that didn't happen. They finished sixth. They had 15 wins for the year, nine losses, average 25 points for and eight against. Um, should we get into some underperformers? Of course we can. I already yeah. mentioned one, so you take it away. Well, I had. Um, I think Radley underperformed realistically. I know he's out in and out can of the I team a lot what, with like, injury. Is Victor Radley overrated? In, no, in your heart of hearts? No, don't think so, no. I, I would say maybe what was, but now I don't think... I. I well, don't think people hold South him Wales as lock in, any, in the same. He declared state. for England because I assume he was probably just told he's not going to play for Australia. But and now he won't play for. I'd assume yeah. he's uh, maybe gets picked. I don't know. I know he's for, healthy for England. Fit, uh, yeah. No, well, he, he came. He's he, he's fit, 
because he came what, when that obvi- that knock happened against Melbourne and he had the seizure on the field. I thought he wouldn't come back for the rest of the year, but I think now that he's back, he he should be right for it. But a, a, again, I, I just feel like he sort of he still has the ability, but it's just one of those things where he doesn't put it in every week. And, and part of it, I think, is down to the fact that he's got blokes so many blokes in front of him now. At his best, he's fantastic. Like, but when you miss half a season through suspension and injury, you're never going to reach no. your potential. Mm-hmm. So, and now it's it, come to the point where I think it, it, even if he does, he, he's still going to have Yoan Murray at the can, very I least. But even if he doesn't get injured, he seems to miss six to eight weeks every year through suspension anyway. That's right. So well, actually, I, he possibly, I think yeah. if you're the Roosters, you're half looking to offload him because someone will pick some dopey club. Newcastle will give him a million bucks. Tigers will probably give him a million bucks. Titans probably give him apparently a million bucks. Probably but, one point you know, I mean, like two five. He can probably go somewhere else to make a lot of money, where he's going to be in a system there. They'll go look realistically, Victor, and he might just be happy. I'm sure he loves. I'm sure he's yeah. very. I'm sure they look after him well, and he's going to have a, uh, a nice nursing home lined up when he can't walk when he's 53, um, unfortunately. But it's like he's probably going to. He's a he's a three hundred fifty thousand dollar player rather than a. $800,000 forward. Well, maybe this is even pushing it a little bit, but after he said he declared for England, he spoke about how one day he wants to go over to England and play in Super League. I believe his dad might have or, or something like that or over there. Maybe in a couple of years if Well, he should be peaking now, might, so yeah, he probably is. If not, then and maybe he's, 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 he's not as old as... Yeah. He's 24, 25? Yeah, he's only 20. I feel like yeah. he's 24, 25. And, and, and none of this is personal because, I, like, of all the blokes in the National League, he's fucking the first bloke we'd want on the show because he's honest, he's tremendous, he would be fan. Like, I'd, I'd love to Puts be in, with the has bloke. a cracky fucking Yeah, rip. but yeah, it's just right. to say from a business point of view, necessarily trying to analyse a team, what is he bringing to the club realistically for 25, for 31 weeks of the year next year? For his own benefit, he might even be better to be moved to the back row, to be honest. A little, mm. little less involvement, doesn't have to do as much strike nasty it, yeah. shit in the middle of the field and just be an a, a attacking ball runner well, with an offload or a row, short ball. Because the bloke I want to mention is, I thought, Satili. You can take he it away He was my now. next one. Yeah. No, no, you, 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 you well, were all over him last year. Yeah, so. big, rangy, impressive second rower that I think now... Um, I would be surprised. He misses every he second misses, tackle. Oh, he's down in. He only played 90 games. Missed 45 tackles. Um, didn't make a great... He missed... He made 390 tackles and missed 44. So he missed a lot of... Actually, that's not as bad as I thought. But missed, felt like he missed a lot of important tackles. There was he, games when he wasn't on where he was missing 8 to 10 tackles yeah, a game. He felt like, sluggish a lot. Yeah. His offloading was down. His offload, he's not even in top. Not a, He's nine offloads for the year. Ball uh, running was ball nowhere near as strong. Like yeah. he just um, disappeared, disappeared last this year. Mm-hmm. It, I think it comes a lot off the back of he wasn't given the the same sort of opportunities from his halves. Um, whereas last year Teddy was playing half most of the year, yeah, due to injury and all the rest of it. And Teddy seemed to set him up a lot more than what Walker and Kiri do, which is what their jobs meant to be. Which <laughs> sort of you know is part of the disappointing thing that goes with it, but. Yeah, his ball running was nowhere near as explosive as it was. Like, butchers, the butcher nut come in and made him look like... Well, let's get to, you know. uh, let's get to overperformance. Oh, I got um, Momorowski, I thought, underperformed yeah. for him as well. <laughs> Severely, um, yeah. Considering how good he was as a defensive centre from the last couple of years for the, 
when he was playing for Penrith and the Tigers and wherever else he was at the Roosters before well, he, that. Well, his premiership streak's over. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. got two or three and, in a row, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought he was quite disappointing this year. And Kiri, for me, was a massive underperformer. He, uh, he did have a couple of really good games, but... He was nowhere near where I thought he'd come back with a bang and be one of the better, better halves D- in the comp. Didn't you have him, um, Dalian? I did, yeah. Do, are they now confused? I think they're, I, they're a cluttered team now, and I think they can like, go on and try and shop Kiri to Newcastle for 800. No, they want Brooks. Let them have Brooks. <laughs> Why not have both? <laughs> but like, just clear it up and go, right, Walker's there. We'll move Teddy to six. We'll move Manu to six. Manu could be the most destructive 5-8 in the game. We don't know yet. We do We do know, but we do know how he's performing. He played a couple of games in there, and he did really well. Yeah. So he's a he's well, he'd be a big call, but he'd be as good a, a good or better 5-8 than Dylan Brown, in my humble. So Well, when he was playing there this I'm year, the, the halves, when, when Kiri was out, it was probably when the Roosters' halves looked the best they had all year when Manu was... Playing five eight, and then there were those couple of weeks when Kiri returned, where Kiri and Walker looked really good because they decided to just keep doing what they were doing with. The funny thing Manu was, like Manu a is a very good centre. The games he played at fullback and five eight, he played even fucking better than yeah. what he did when he was yeah. playing in the centre. And, so. and, and that is because hands on ball, and that's why he ended up in the, in the last couple we got injured. Just sniffing he around, blew doing everything. Up. He was told yeah. to go play hooker. Speaking of which, Verrills, we all underrated at the start of the year, I think. Uh, Steve Chester opened our eyes to how good he was and we took particular notice and now losing they are getting the cheese though which is as big as the, the two hooker signings for next year are the two probably biggest signings of the year cheese to roosters and Appy to the tigers and, and reed losses. to the dogs and reed to the dogs I, I and barrels to the titans and we Verrill, just so, him. so this year was the year of the halfback signings next the year, year of the hookers the year of the hookers and uh, it's going to be very interesting who benefits the most what does that mean for their structure? I think it means it straightens them up a little bit. But you've now got a very commanding spine where Sam Walker maybe gets lost. Again, they could probably benefit from cheese, a cheese, Walker, Teddy, Manu spine rather than Kiri being in there. But what are your thoughts there? Oliver, I'll go to you first. I don't think, put it this way, I don't think it would be as big an issue for a Sam Walker like what's happened with Vilius this year. I, I don't think it'd be... What hasn't been. Sort of, I, I don't think... But we, with Cheese coming in, I don't see him as that, that sort of type of... I, I see Cheese probably get giving him some good service, if, if anything. Uh, so I don't really see that in particular being an issue. I, I, I mainly see it as a positive because he's playing and starting at hooker for the entire season. It's not sort of interchangeable with Harry where he's playing in different spots. And they'll train he, that he, way. They'll he will train be that there. The and, and let's be honest, that's the reason. And he's come out and said, he, he could be lying, but I'm taking him at face value. He said he took less money to go to the Roosters than he would have taken a stay at the Storm. And I think the big reason for that is because he wants to play as an out and out hooker. He was the 2021 Hooker of the Year, so he certainly can. He is the New Zealand. He could be a World Cup winning hooker in yeah. a few months' time. So I think that's what he wants. That's he, so he's going to be motivated. He, he's going to he's going to have a point to prove playing at hooker as well. Because I know a couple of times, sort of on the podcast as well, we said possibly an option to move into the forwards. Uh, but I, I don't think he wants that. Well, I, While I he can a, perform I there, I, I just I, I think he's hell bent on, on being a hooker. On being a hooker, and he's going to. I, prove I read a very interesting article about the argument to be made that he could be the best prop in the game. 
even though he's not a, not as a, a stereotype stereotypical prop, but the fact he runs so well straight, he, he has a little bit of ball playing enough, and he does so well defensively in the middle that it's it's a, it's a different change of thinking, but it is. An interesting it's a Ruben Same same sort of build as well. But uh, great call, great uh, call. Actually. I think maybe more. Very smart, David. Would <laughs> more be more a lock than a prop? Maybe, well, but, more so that, but that's the argument. Like, yeah. everything. I'm looking forward to him to go back to nine. Honestly, I yeah. think he'll uh, lose a few kgs and yeah. he'll provide he's, points. He seems out like of, he's motivated. He'll, he'll provide points out of dummy half, whereas Verrills provides very good service and structure for his outside men. Cheese is. Great at the barge over from dummy yeah. half. He's great at that get out, draw defenders, short pass, put a forward over. And there's going to be that few, you know, that that try. They're going to pick up that try or two in a lot of games where they, they, they didn't get this year, which will get them on the front foot. Even if it's not through his ball playing, they'll be on the front foot from him getting out and scooting and getting in behind the ruck and causing problems for the defence that way. Uh, uh, he's honestly, I already have it made, he's honestly first pick super coach next year. Close to a shadow. Like, yeah. I couldn't think of another one. And this is honestly... He's, well, he's probably 350 as well. It's yeah. like, this is a bit of a, a stretch as well, but because of actually sort of that that, re, that chemistry he was able to build with Harry Grant in terms of having two two hookers on the field, but one of them playing as hooker and one sort of assisting there, he might actually benefit Connor Watson as well. And I don't see Connor Watson coming on to play hooker and Brandon Smith moving into the forwards or anything. If, if Watson comes on off a bench during the year, probably as as like your lock or, or, or an extra end, half. Yeah. But with the service, he, he'll be getting to, out of Smith. It gives him a chance to have a bludge for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like that could that has the potential to be a decent relationship and there and one that will benefit strong, w- yeah. Watson. But, so. um, let's have a talk about a couple of uh, um, overperformers before we finish off on what we think they're going to do for the year. But um, obviously the Butcher brothers, Nat and Egan. Um, Nat probably more so than Egan, but Egan did a fantastic job as well coming off the bench for the majority of the year. Both big, strong ball runners tackle their ass off. Um, there's a little bit of ball playing in that as well. So there's, there's obviously a shining light there for those two coming through. It's hard to squeeze them in when you've got Angus, and I'm not sure if the plan is to bring Satilli well, back in. Or... I, if I, if I, if he's very smart, Robbo. And they're losing, they are losing Takiyahu, who did play everywhere. So that's an interesting question. Uh, and you'd almost, almost to me, look at trying to get one of their minutes in the middle as a Jake, a Jake style. But the other thing I was going to say on the extension of that is I would start Tupanur on the bench yeah. and give him 20 minutes. Impacts. And play, play either or. Yeah, you could yeah, play, yeah. just play an offloading front row because he should be big enough. Yeah, to play yeah. sort of your 20 minutes before half time, to be an straight offloading through straight through the middle and have cheese, quick play the ball, cheese. Watson just sniffing around. Yeah, quick mm. and, and get and then fucking you got Tedesco running off you. So hello. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's another one I thought overperformed. Um, even though we've come to expect Teddy week in and week out to be brilliant, again he was a big part of this team and carried this team for big parts of the year. He's running games as good as any outside back in the competition when he gets into space, and he just doesn't give up. He's just constantly a threat. He's always in and around the ball. The way he, he – I can't believe he's still going around. Like, the way he takes hits and bumps people off, and, like, he, he never shirks his responsibility. He just runs flat out straight at people. It yeah. doesn't matter, and he takes his hits. But isn't it funny what happened with him at the start of the year, uh, start of his career when he had the – The knees. Just everything. Fit, he's both ankles, knees, both shoulders, yeah. the Tigers, and then he's – Managed to stay fit ever since, copying it and gets hit high every game. 
did. Just build every game. Absolutely. As his veneers suggest. Well, for a, um, <laughs> an over-performer, because we've been talking about him all year, so it's not like we've underrated him or anything, I would say Takeaho. Oh, I've something else. No, Takeaho overperformed in the sense that for half a year he was far and away the Brewster's best player and I don't think we and the other expected half a season that. he didn't play yeah. <laughs> but for half for half a season he but was he easily was, I don't know whether I was far and away I don't know if it was, 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 was confirmation or. bias but I thought Takiyahu was sensational every game he played Just when he was fit this yeah. year and so was Manu even in his quiet games out in the centres but when <laughs> I'm really excited to see someone put him in and play him at six or play him at fullback because He's probably not going to get that opportunity in the next year or two at the Roosters, but someone needs to throw fucking ridiculous money at well, him. The, the, worry, the, the, worries, the Warriors right. did for next yeah, year to play. But, hey, but Robo in probably hindsight turned around already said, now, mate, fucking, go, yeah, go, go you're there and see what happens. Six, yeah. or you're going to be our backup fullback. And, yeah. and I mean, yeah. Yeah, Rob, and Robo's right obviously now. got the gift of the gap because he's And the last five or six weeks, as you mentioned, he was given that roving role where he could basically do whatever the fuck he wanted. And he was going and getting involved at dummy half. He was going in and playing six at times. He was coming in as a second fullback at times. And yeah. if he can do that whenever he hell he wants to, he's gonna he's he's already a superstar, but his stocks have risen in again in my eyes this year. And um Suali. Like, uh, yeah. Mate, like, all the questions going on last year when he first came in and he only played what a handful of games, I think it was last year, and oh, he's too young, he's not big enough, he's you know, he's not coordinated and all the rest of it. Have a look at the way that boat fucking rocked into the back end of this year. Well, it's also crazy. I wouldn't want him yeah. running at no. me. <laughs> sure. the, only, the only thing I'll say on him, he does and, and we all have sick. we him as the Australian winger. Sorry. No, no, go on. I would be building more as a centre than a fullback right now. I, I felt it, I know I know it's a hard thing to go get thrown to a semi final and get lost there, but he, he I think he can be a very good frontline centre that's gonna well, hurt. And you know and, Teddy and Manu could both do have the that ball playing ability yeah. and they've already proven themselves there then yeah. yeah. Well why not be, be English in the centre is not be a twenty two year old English, not a twenty one year old. You can be a fullback in five years yeah. and get your millions. Get in there, then. learn your stuff and yeah. But I know if he's all about the dollar dollar, then that's it'll, a different He'll probably thing. be playing fullback for the Wallabies before then. So, so, so and you so know, and if he does, fair enough. He can lose the Bledisloe Cup every year. And you haven't mentioned Angus Crichton. He's fucking fantastic after Origin. I think it was outstanding. Yeah, he was quiet the first half of the year, yeah, I thought. It was, was probably was. the only reason I sort of left him off the list. Um, he was brilliant at the back end of the back year. Back year, he was there. Best forward I couldn't really say he overperformed or underperformed just because of that lull at the start. It was of the weird, season. and I don't know if it was a contract thing or it was whatever else was going on, but whether he's half injured. But since Origin, the back end of Origin, I think he's been the form back rower of the comp just Close about, enough. Apart yeah. from Sean Lane and Papa Lee. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's been fantastic. So, mm-hmm. look, I think the final word on that is they, they need to just get some clarity with their halves, but. Realistic, I think the, they're about the combination a with the hooker and the halves needs to improve. Um, what they do Fourth with Kiri and Walker, I have no idea, but um, aggression <laughs> as well, yeah, yeah their they, mentality. They, they actually had the, the way that they get themselves overhyped and get into like a basically turn it into a street fight when they need to think about it and play footy. Well, it was there to show they, the South actually south them a bit in that final. They. Got the pumpkins on first, and not sure Brandon Smith helps that at any. <laughs> <laughs> Probably but not. We'll see what happens. Anyway, we'll move on.
All righty, we get to the fourth. We're just joined by Mickey here, a good friend of the show, and uh, just uh, Johnny wrangling at the moment. But anyway, we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to the Storm, who finished fourth. They did. Barn. Fifth. Oh, fifth, of fifth course even. They did. Yes, I actually tipped them to finish fifth for the first time oh, in a long time. Yeah, I did quite well. I think I only got about three wrong for the entire. Can't all be year. Well, well, anyway. Barney doing quite well. We had. Um, yeah, but someone write like that shit. down. But anyway, yeah, and who, who tipped <laughs> yeah, well? No, no. Who tipped well? No, no. Ah. Fifteen wins, nine losses, average twenty-seven points for and seventeen points against. Biggest issue for the Storm for the year is they just couldn't get the same team on the park most most weeks. Um, Pappenhausen was obviously a massive um, problem in the with his injury. Um, he's a big part of the structure of this team and the way that they find points the majority of the weeks. Um, and they lost a lot of impetus as soon as he was injured and out of the team for a long time, which um, which hurt, which hurt him again. Again, back end of Origin, they lost four in a row, which sort of stalled all their momentum at the back end of Origin with um, Munster away. And I think Hughes got injured at the same time as Pappenhausen, which put a big dent in their, in their season there. But um, they really need to find themselves a backup half or a backup fullback. For, well, I heard there, uh, there's a rumour Cooper Johns has been released today. So. Well, I think it, it's confirmed that Melbourne have released him, but, but it's weird because usually if a club releases a player, not to disrespect him too much, but a player like that, it's just sort of announced. But I've, I've seen like Channel 9 and a couple of like the outlets reporting it, so there might... It's, it seems as though there might be a little bit more to it. I don't, I don't know, but... Mm. As a backup half, I'd prefer Cronko... Uh, I'd prefer John's, Cronk as well. Uh, I'd prefer Johns over Meany, to be honest. But Meany does have Meany the opposition the to play at fullback and possibly a centre as well. So, um, yeah, they they just really need someone to fill in those holes when Munster's away for Origin and if Pappenhausen goes down as he has done for the last sort of year and a half with in long-term injuries, it hurts them pretty badly with the way they structure the team. But yeah, really significant. Pappenhausen's a massive, massive, was a massive, bigger loss than we probably forecast, but um, I'm sure if we, you polled us all at study, you would have him in a top three fullbacks, so that is a loss. And their forwards didn't name up either. Well, I was actually about to mention it, because in terms of the, Olam was the leading run meter in the, and I think he's the first one I've looked at where forwards haven't topped the run meters. Yep. Uh, I'm sure Penrith, the backs would have as well, but Olam led the run meters. In terms of overperformers, Nelson I thought was fantastic. He had uh, he was a man amongst being in this team in, in a team of forwards that um, started a little Ke- slow, but back but end his of the back year, end was fantastic. Was so Kenny yeah. was fine. Um, Jesse looked old at times and was injured at I thought times. They both struggled to um, be honest. But both the I, 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 I'm concerned for the Dolphins next year. Like they've yeah they've got issues. Um, Tui off the bench as well. Shit, no Faluma was. Fifth on their run meters for the game. That um, can't be. That's not right. That'd be including Tigers there actually because it says yeah. eighteen games. Yeah, you can study through there. Uh, Ollie, thoughts on the on the storm? Well, I had them finishing third. So, uh, and, and you know what? Even then, I thought, geez, I might, I might be under, underrate. Well, underrate. I, I thought maybe because it, it seems to be the thing that when people are expecting Melbourne to not do much in a season, they usually win the comp, and then they have the expectation then. But yeah that, yeah, that did not happen this year. This was the first, I think, significant actual drop-off since people started saying this year Melbourne will drop off when they started losing talent. And that, and for a little while there, I thought 
their drop in form just after Origin came at the perfect time because they picked up again right before the end of the season. So I thought, perfect. This is not part of the plan, but it's sort of, I guess, timing your run. And, and it, it seemed like on paper they had timed their run really well and that, that they were just going to kick on. I thought losing to Para obvi- in the last round obviously hurt them in the sense that if they would have won, they would have at least been through to the second week of the finals. But it, that, that sort of killed off their momentum a bit as well because they had built up a bit and that impacted them in the in the game against Canberra. In a game that, that at times they looked really good and that they could have won, should have won at, at some points. But again, that's when Canberra sort of came through and were just hanging on. Uh, it, it's hard to really pick out like an, an over-performer, I'd say for me. I'd say the star of the year overall probably was Cam Munster, their, their best player overall. Um, Jerome Hughes for me is someone who well, maybe you could say. Where does he? Does he? It, I know he's interval. Does he lay on the underperformance? Well, that, that, I, I'm going to say that, but with the guys that he he was missing. But when even when he did return, there were certain games. I, I think there was at least one point where we all tipped him in at the match once he'd returned for games, and he just wasn't like he wasn't. It's not that he was horrible or anything, but there were there were plenty of plays in front of him which. If you look at last year, last year was, I think, far and away his best season in the NRL. And he, I, for me, like you talk about Moses and Cleary being the two best halfbacks in the game. Last year, I think it was Cleary and Hughes. So based off of that, he has dropped down a peg, probably will be back up for the World Cup for New Zealand. But I he, he would be an, I thought he was tremendous at different times this year for, for the Storm. Um, injury was a big part of his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, of course. He seemed to get play four games and then miss two and then come back. Look, and, it, you know, maybe but, we've underplayed injury in terms of Melbourne Storm's sort of story for the year because we were quite forgiving of Roosters last year. Well, mm. the, the dominance and, of and Munster, I think, didn't help Hughes' case as well either because we sort of got to have one the, dominating. Well, the we, what we saw out the back of Origin was the cupboards bare in terms of the production line. Yeah. Your Sevies and your others that came in. Who offered very little? Yeah, absolutely, there was two big issues with me at the start of the year where that I had concerns about Melbourne, and the reason I had them fifth was their forward pack, the meters out of their forward pack in Kamakamika and Nelson, who were missing at the start of the year. Kamakamika never really looked fit for the entire season. I thought he was an underperformer, someone that you expected to probably take the next step this year. For, for, a, for a little while there off the bench, though, he was, was a, a good few strike it, off, yeah, yeah, off the bench there was. specifically. But yeah. to me, I thought he would have rubber-stamped himself as one of the better forwards running around by the end of this season, and I, I don't think he did that. Um, the Bombage brothers, I mentioned, I, both, I think they both underperformed. And um, their centres, they, they, they had massive issues out in the centres. Um, Defensively, definitely. As well as even scoring it, tries. Well, even o- in Olam was probably honest. the only one who you could, I guess, sort of say, hold you up to high to an extent or, yeah. or sort of say that that wasn't his issue. And I think their, issue. Their forward, their issues in their forwards probably got covered up a little bit with the impact that Munster and Hughes and Pappenhausen had. At different points of the year, until when they you, got yeah. Into, when you look back on their actual forward pack, well, Josh King's one overperformed. Absolutely, came oh, in oh, yeah. name and was yeah, absolutely course. tremendous, and yeah. and deserves us obviously deserves what he's doing next year, and was and was great. Uh, and Nelson really smothered. And Grant was definitely an overperformer in my opinion as well. I know everyone raves about him, and he's got a massive opinion in the game. But when he was he on, good. he was yeah. damn he was near impossible best, to stop. Yeah. Well, in that Melbourne side. The, the two, the two, to your point, the two that, if Munster, 
if Munster and Harry are not on the field for this Melbourne team, they don't make the eight. It, Probably it's not. pretty simple. Yeah, absolutely. It really seemed yeah, very simple. Ed Munster yeah. had, he, I think he's had his almost his best year ever in terms of Close to breakout yeah. performances absolutely. week in, week out, and game break performances, particularly playing fullback. It was amazing. It and just really on King, he was fantastic for three quarters of the year. He lost his steam at the back end of the year, but for a bloke who was only ever playing 15, 20 minutes most games for his entire career, he was tremendous for the first three quarters of the season. Oh, yeah. Well, King's interesting because I think it goes to show that whilst Melbourne have dropped down, Bellamy and sort of the culture at Melbourne is still there. Unfortunately, it's just some of the talent isn't as good. But you can sort of bring uh, an an average to decent player from another club and still probably turn them into something which, to to be honest, going forward is what Melbourne might have to focus on uh, trying to do a, a bit more. But again, Bellamy... We, we've, I, I, I've at least sort of thought it the past couple of years. I'd have to think, especially with sort of the drop-off now, Bellamy might go into his coaching director role after next season. So it'll be yeah, interesting we'll to see if they can if they can hold on to that aura. From where Nick Manny's come from, he did a, a, a pretty good job. He, he was good. I think he's, uh, he, he, yes, he's not a 5'8", nah. but he, he was good at fullback. He was great in the wing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and and he, he's a good kicker. You can't and, put him in the front line in defence. No. But he, um, he's the one that yeah. did go in and, and grow from Bellamy. He did, yeah, absolutely. From where he came from at the Dogs. Well, I, I remember, yeah, I, I remember um, sort of um, hyping up the signing of him because of what ended up happening. If Ryan Papenhausen was to get injured, I think he was someone who's at least solid at fullback and someone who I think was probably underutilised in that role at the Bulldogs at, at the time. I think he should have been playing there consistently. But you're right. If Pappenhausen's fit, I think you get the best out of Manny probably out on the wing. But it, it, it is good to know that he can fill in at fullback. Um, out of um, out of the top eight, for me, Melbourne. I've got more concerns about Melbourne than any other teams in the top eight. To be honest, going forward next year, there's going to be massive changes coming in. Well, they're losing pack. a forward pack too. Yeah, majority of the forward pack. Kafusi's gone. The Bromwich boys are gone. Um, cheese is off. Uh, Cheese is a massive loss. <laughs> no, no, Melbourne's for me is the biggest concern I have in the top eight. Mm. I think they may even slide towards the bottom of the eight rather than improving on what they've got this year. Um, we'll, uh, but if we if we realistically yeah. look at uh, the, if you look at who, so they're losing their back row. Yep, front row. Their front row. Their backup hooker, who's a who's the a New Zealand hooker. hooker. Yeah. <laughs> Their backup half apparently. Their centers were their pretty centers poor. Were pretty for average. The majority of the year, Olam was good. Olam. Olam yeah. was good. Their back line was terrible. Coates is there, but Pappenhausen and, and now a massive injury. Bellamy's risk. tapping out. Is there now a chance that they they could miss the eight next year? And realistically, there's a bold prediction chance. And the they majority miss the eight. of their bench um, was poor for most of the year, to be honest. Um, Kamakamika had some good games coming off the bench, but you got Liero and, I, you know, like there was nobody that set the world alight no. coming off Le- the bench. Liero probably downplayed. Kamakamika had a couple of good 20-minute spurts. Chris Lewis, I think, was another one that really did very little coming off the bench for yeah. Melbourne. They need probably three reserve forwards to come into that squad. I just think they actually got for next year. I don't think they've signed much either. They need a ball-playing lock, which they've sort of lost a little bit in cheese now as well. When he wasn't playing at dummy half, he was their ball-playing lock, which now they're going to have to find someone. 
might even be Nelson, to be honest. I'd probably even shift Nelson into 13 and just get him to play through well, the middle. They're, they're getting and Tarek, which is something, and Katoa, which is something. Yeah. And, and Joe Chan from Catalan, which I'm sure is very yeah, nice. I've got some concerns about how they're going to start next season, to be honest. I, obviously, I'll wait and see what their lineup is. But they do get Walsh back. So yes, he's a massive, he was a massive loss for the entire season. He played one game, was it? Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah, and, yeah, he was back. a huge loss for them. So that strengthens their front row a little bit. But, yeah, the amount of outs that they've got going into next year, they're going to need to really refresh that forward pack and then probably get some depth in the outside backs as well. So Yeah, they they need to spend some money, actually. I, I don't know what they've got. Kafusi, massive. I sorry, didn't mention him. He was, he was pretty good when he was on the field. He but, was. Um, he was he's really good for Kafusi, he's yeah. Australian back row. Yeah. Uh, I assume he gets picked. We didn't have any Ball runner, about Australian. Offload, Is he declaring for anyone but Australia? No. He's Is this Felice? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Tonga. He's gone to he, Tonga. He's declared for him, yeah. He's another one. They'll be starting, like, Melbourne could lose the first five games in next season, realistically. I'd say that that's one where it sort of depends on the draw. If they get a an unfavourable draw, mostly, then yeah. Um, yeah, just super interesting, because particularly given the way Bellamy's headed... They want, and they're one to oppose early. Just they're, they're a simple one to oppose early. You can make him make Adam the bets. You can make money out of him, super coach, and um, see where we go. So I guess we're all pretty negative on on the storm. They finished quite well at the back end of the year, but it's just way too many outs for me to start next year. I'm going to be really interested to see what the the lineup is come round one next year. So yeah, I, I think they'll probably finish lower than they have this year, to be honest. Yeah. Very interesting bowl prediction one there. Looking forward to that. Which is coming. Two weeks bowl prediction. We might do a... Uh, I was just thinking this. That wraps up our summary there. Um, quick chat. So we're going to have a Friday afternoon grand final preview. Hopefully with a couple of special guests. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very, very early opinion. We've seen teams come out. But what does the rain mean? The rain probably suits Penrith as much as anyone. All right, we'll think I, I think Penrith can pretty much play, play in all terrain at this point. I don't, yeah, yeah, well, it doesn't hurt yeah. Penrith. I yeah. mean. Let's go with that. And so we're back with that. And then in two it weeks... the passing, which I think probably actually suits Parramatta more, to be honest. I was thinking more kicking-wise. A bit anyway. more direct running in and around the posts and it, it doesn't allow Penrith to spread the ball the way that they do and hit that they hit the edges as quickly as, you know. But yeah. It levels the game... Means less points, they'll probably get on the unders. So on the itinerary, <laughs> oh, yes, true. On the itinerary, so we'll be back Friday afternoon to do our grand final preview. Uh, back next week to review the grand final and our top four early next week. Yep. Suit. And then we head into. I was thinking maybe we do a, a weekend bowl prediction show, maybe Sunday. Yeah, yeah. we normally we- have a week. Give it a week, don't yeah, we? No, no, yeah, but then, yeah. maybe a week, a weekend to be better, but we'll talk off here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, any final words on any we've discussed here? Uh, I've been told to say that Penrith's going to win the comp as, a, as an early prediction yeah, for, for this will. Sunday. So, there. Well, we can talk a bit more about it on Friday. Absolutely. Mm. We'll save that for then. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back uh, Friday afternoon to talk some grand final action. Take care, and we'll talk soon.